pop up a little thing and dude yeah we're live we, we are live what is going on everyone uh welcome to another pendagas podcast and what an honor it is today to have chloe madrill on what is going on chloe oh you know just uh preparing for 2024 season uh switching things up for my racing this year and excited to be uh trying a supermoto uh, the 2022 KTM 450 SMR. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a hooligan. Mostly mostly probably an Arma. So that'll be exciting. Yeah, Supermoto is a proper sport right there. Man, it used to be big in, in the uh, early 2000s, right? And then all of a sudden, I mean, all the stars. Shoot, it was in the, in the X Games. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I miss that. Th- those days, right? Yeah, you had Ben Bostrom and... Uh, uh, Mark Miller, you know, and uh, the Go Show, Scott Russell, and all them. But Supermoto to me has always been, uh, I love watching it because the way them guys, especially the real professionals, well, they they get their handlebars like this far from the ground, right? And it's just, yeah, in awe the whole time. So I, I'm sure you do that, right, Chloe? Oh, oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I knew it. No, I in the future, it. maybe. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's good stuff. So listen, Chloe, uh, I want to get into this because we have a lot to talk about. So uh, who introduced you to the wonderful world of motorcycles that we grow to love? Oh, the TV. I love it. I love it. Uh, Yeah, long story short, like I was an only child basically up until the age of six. So I had to entertain myself. Oh, yeah, that's me. Uh, And that's a little sticker there when I was four. Uh, Peterson's side of my family, my maiden name, all Viking lovers. Uh, they would, Valhalla. Yeah, they would make For me sure. wear that helmet and before I could talk or hang out with them. And that was a Christmas picture. And I was wearing a really cute outfit. And my mom was saying in the background, don't make her make mean faces. It's not ladylike. Well, here I am doing not a, a whole lot of things that aren't ladylike. <laughs> um, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. So, uh, TV, you yeah. was like, I, 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 I need. How do I get? Well, so like I saw on TV, just sit in front of like it was part of like my imagination. Like, so you get a helmet cam view, and I was like, oh, what is this? It's so provocative. Like, right. and I, like I would make forts and like all kinds of stuff using the couch. So I grabbed a couch cushion and straddled it. Like it was a, like a motorcycle and was like leaning side to side with it. And, you know, it's making those little like liquids in your ear feel good because you're like moving back and forth. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but I love it. And I grew around, I grew up with my dad, uh, like restoring and racing classic cars. Like I grew up at the drag strip and he eventually, uh, he usually would race his 68 Camaro. Uh, it was like a, I think a high 10 second quarter mile car, nice. but he got tired of going in a straight line and then he changed it over to road course. And every once like we'd go up to like road America and I'd see people with motorcycles. And I was like, I want that. And I knew that I couldn't afford cars at the level that he does unless like I inherit them one day, but I don't want to bank on that. Uh, and I was like, well, motorcycles are cheaper and easier to work on. So I got in them. Like, I was like, all right, when I graduate college, I'm going to get a motorcycle. And uh, that I found friends that helped me get into it. And 
uh, just rode on the street. Didn't think I would do track stuff until uh, my mom's or my aunt's friend's husband, who was a sport bike track time coach. She was like, hey, you should check out sport bike track time. So I rode up there by myself with my icon, like zip up on purple mohawk. You're like, what's up? Uh, and I was like, uh, like just by myself and my Jixxer 750, the thing was like <clears throat> needed help. So it wouldn't keep a charge cause you know, go through staters and rectifiers like right. crazy. And I only had money for eBay. So it had like two starts and then I'd have to figure out how to bump start it. So it strategically park so you could go downhill, but yeah, I pull up at the track and I was, it was like the end of the year. And I was like looking at this, and I was like, I want to do this. There's some really nice people there that were like watching this white chocolate melt in the sun. Cause it was like end of September. And they were like, are you here by yourself? Yeah. And they're like, come check out, come hang out with us under our easy up. You're, you're melting. And they introduced me a bunch of people and I was like, okay, I want to do this. So I bought all the year. And then the following year in 2015 on Memorial Day weekend, I did my first track day. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah. uh, what was your first bike you bought? Uh, outside of, well, my first motorcycle I bought was like a, ooh, is it a late, late 80s, early 90s, like, Suzuki RM 250 two stroke, which I had no freaking business to be on whatsoever. Nice. Not riding with like, I was riding with like a $30 eBay helmet and like gym shoes. Um, a half, uh, half shell helmet? Uh, no, the full. Oh, okay. Um, but like you put it on every time you put it on, you're like ripping part of like the foam out the of it. Out, yeah. yeah. And so just like ride that in farm fields. Like hopefully you don't get caught by the cops. Uh, but then I, I bought the Jixxer 750, the 2003, as like my first street bike. And it wasn't the bike that I wanted, but the guy I was dating at the time kind of like forced me to buy it. And yeah. so I was like, whatever. He's like, you're going to outgrow the 600. You should just get the 750. Little did he know, right? Yeah. yeah. But he, I ended up, I learned how to ride on the CBR 1000R. So it was like, nice. oh, we'll step it down a little bit, you know while he's screaming like thousand dollar deductible at me as I'm riding around in a parking lot. Like, I don't want to drop this thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you're making me nervous, man. Back up. Give me some room. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah please. <laughs> Let yeah. me do my thing. I ride better than you. Yeah. Well, the, the MSF course people uh, said that we rode just as good equally and he had been riding for years. Nice. So, oh, well. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, I, so when I so when I turned sixteen, I, I bought a motorcycle instead oh. of a car. Uh, but I did take a, uh, a motorcycle safety course we have here yeah. at, at a local college, and you get like ten percent off your insurance. It's Friday, yep. Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah, it was cool. You went out there and did figure eights and the circles and all this stuff. Yeah, it was a it was a lot of fun. It was, yeah. you know, it, it, especially because when I took it, Chloe, there was a I, I don't I can't remember how old she she was pretty older lady when she was out there just just trotting it on this little uh 250 rebel just it was nice i loved it i was like yes yeah. yes good stuff good stuff so then obviously uh, you fell in love with the track yeah um, and then when did you start being serious well <laughs> my husband <laughs> when i started dating him he wanted to race vintage bikes in arma 
And at the time I had my CBR 600R for the track. I had one for street and one for track. And it wouldn't have been sustainable for me to race the 600 because I was just going through tires like crazy. Yeah. And so I never thought racing was going to be on my horizon ever. And I had gotten to like the advanced level, but I was like advanced, like in smoothness and consistency and not so much speed at the time. Uh, And so I wrecked that really bad right in front of him after coming off uh, two wrist breaks and not having like really good grip strength because it would go like in and out. And I was like, well, I'm going to show him how fast I am. Cause he had, he had moved up pretty quickly cause he came from riding dirt and I came from like just doing roads, road course stuff. So we kind of like, you know, met in the middle and I was like, oh, I'll do dirt and you do road course too. And so like I had been out all summer and he kept moving up and moving up and he got bumped to advance and I'm like, shoot, I need to show him how fast I am. Yeah. <laughs> I should have just stayed humble. And <laughs> just had fun instead of trying to show them how fast I was. And so I binned that bike, but sold it for pretty cheap and put all the street stuff back on. I was pretty honest, like, hey, this is what's wrong with it. Dude bought it off me. And I I used that money to buy an RC390, which made it really sustainable for me to race. And so I raced that in Arma uh, for a year before I got into the Royal Enfield program and that bike taught me a lot and I f- highly suggest anybody start on a small bike. Even if people are like, Oh, it has no balls. You all grow it really quick. No, there's still a ton to learn on a small bike and you're not in survival mode. You're in learning mode. Cause I felt like when I was on the 750, I was always in survival mode. And then when I dropped on a 600, I got faster. When I got the R3 390, I was like the f- faster than I'd ever been on the bigger bikes. Yeah. And- it, yeah, it was less scary. So, and you, you don't have the throttle to mask your mistakes on the smaller bike. So you really have to learn how to carry the corner speed and be really smooth and have those nice, like nice wide arcs going through to straighten out the corners. So yeah, Lorenzo yeah. style for sure. Right. Jorge Lorenzo style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's uh, uh, speaking of Jorge Lorenzo wants to say hello. Hi, you want to say hello to me? <laughs> yeah, look. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Look, there yeah, It's good stuff. I love it. Oh, it's so awesome. Yeah, you're right. You know, I, I try to tell a, a lot of people, man, listen, a big bike, if you really want to learn how to ride properly and fast, smaller bike, 300, 400, right. and really get to know how to ride the bike, what it's telling you, the feel, body position, all that good stuff. And then once you're out riding a bike, then you step up, right? Right. Yeah. But it's hard because everybody's got an ego. I mean, that's you know, the biggest thing. Yeah. yeah you got to let go of the ego and just really find your inner Zen self of humble and make sure like you're clear in your hot, your head and your heart before you go out and ride. If you're mad right. or you're sad or like, just really got to like separate all those emotions so you can focus. Yep. Zen. That, that's right. Absolutely. You know, I, it's it's uh, you know in, in our countries in, in the UK right I agree with their rules as far as when you first learn how to ride a motorcycle you got to start on a fifty for a couple of years and it's a two fifty right for a couple of years but by the time you get to an unlimited class you've you got you know eight years under your belt you know here 
16 years old, I can go out and buy me a V4R if I got $60,000, right? And just be like, look at me, right? And, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, you're right, but I, I'm with you. Yeah. I think the only thing that held me back from getting like a brand new motorcycle, uh, or getting my like ultimate CBR 600 at the time was like, I had to wait till I turned 25. Hey, Dan. What's happening? It's It's okay, buddy. It's been an absolute day. We'll just leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. You're good, bro. You are good. Uh, Glad you're here. I. We'll just leave it at that. All right, let's talk motorcycles. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be mad anymore. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Oh. Kylie, what is up? She she says, "Hey, girl." Hey. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. So yeah, so from the three ninety, how did the whole Royal Enfield uh, project come about? <laughs> so uh, in twenty twenty, like when we were all supposed to be like sitting at home, being good, like government little children, right? <laughs> Right, little uh, get out work there. every day. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> uh, I got told, guess what? You are essential. Thanks. <laughs> oh, I was not essential, and uh, they t- I worked at a museum at the time, the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago. Yeah, and um, so it was like March, really nice day in March, and I was like, let's go ride with our friends. And one of the guys, uh, I'm gonna butcher his last name. Uh, I'll just call him Flying Ryan. I can't say his last name. It's really crazy Polish last name. And so he was really big in a Royal Enfield and he was telling me about the flat track program they had. And he's like, Hey, you're a girl. You like racing. You should try it. I'm like, well, I don't really do flat track that much. Um, I did like Danny Walker super camp and learned a lot, but I was like, I can't, uh, those Royal Enfields are so heavy. I don't know how you just do flat track with them. I can definitely attest to them being heavy. I picked them up at Barber after crashing. They crash really well. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, they do great. They do great. Especially when you have the nice uh, covers on the, the engine. Oh, sucks picking them up though. Yeah, they're pretty heavy. (laughs) Sorry. Again, I apologize. I'm at my parents' house. I have a hard out in like, 45 minutes because the guy the, the trainer lives up the street from my parents house sorry <laughs> like it's again it's been a day <laughs> yeah so when they introduced the road race program i signed up for it the first year and didn't get in and i was kind of bummed because like when they showed the racing on moto america i was watching it and i'm like what like why didn't i get picked like i was like i have a lot of experience that was my downfall um, I actually talked talk to Jen Muki and at the ladies day at Groton, which was their first day on track after they built their bikes. And she saw me in the bathroom and I was like, I saw her walking around like hoofing it all day at Groton. I don't know if you've been there, but it's pretty big and not really conducive for walking around. I was like, Oh, what? They couldn't get you a scooter. She's like, well, I have the van and I was just poking fun at that. And she's like, you're Chloe Peterson, right? Maiden name. Uh, and so I was like, oh, I don't know. Is she in trouble? <laughs> like, no. She's like, I remember you from your entry video. We really liked you. <laughs> and, <laughs> and But she's like, you had too much experience. We think you should apply again for the 2023 season. And I was like, okay. like, And 
I was like so glad she told me because I had like so much like salt in my heart, just like watching those girls go around. I'm like, what the heck? She's like, yeah, we wanted girls who had no experience, never been on the track before. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I definitely didn't fit the bill for that. Right. And so she's like, but we're bringing those girls back. We want to bring on girls with experience, apply again. And so I applied again and I got in. And I mean, the main reason why I wanted to be a part of that program uh, was because I never had the financial capabilities to get a brand new motorcycle and then buy all the cool, fancy jewelry to put on the bike. But that gave me uh, the ability to do it because I had some really good, awesome sponsors last year that basically paid for everything for me, including Royal Enfield and that's like going to build a bear with free range and all the good goodies. Right. You're like, Oh, yes. Yes. Build a bear. I want the lightsaber. I want the double bladed lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah. No one's your aunt's not telling you, Hey, you can't, you have to stay on this level. Don't get this expensive stuff. Yeah. Oh my God. He said build a bear. (laughs) That's good stuff. Yeah. But I know like, uh, like I've, I know how to ride on the track, but and I like working on my motorcycles because it saves me money. I'm a cheapskate. Um, but the more I know how my motorcycle works, the better I can ride it. Especially if you're out racing and then you hear something that's like, oh, what's that sound? Something doesn't sound right. Oh, it's just your shift lever dragging on the ground. You're in third gear. You can make it through the rest of the race. No big deal. But and then if you hear like you drop a valve, oh, turn the bike off before it gets worse. Like you can kind of start hearing the differences and become more one with your motorcycle. And building that, building the Royal Enfield was such a treat. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Lots of tears and stress. <laughs> I bet. But I mean, I learned like um, learned a lot from my husband, and then my dad, since he owns the auto body shop, and. I got to do my ultimate paint scheme on there with the gold on the front and the lace pink and purple paint job on the back. Uh, Cause I really like gassers and like Mexican low rider kind of style stuff. So I was able to like get like the femininity into that motorcycle as well. You know, leather and lace, keep it spicy. That's right. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So where actually did you build this bike at in your dad's garage or? Uh, mostly in uh, my husband and I's house garage. Well, he was like, was we engaged at that time? Yeah, we were engaged at that time. Uh, so at his house. <laughs> uh, but yeah, in, in the garage and it's super set up for building motorcycles. Like we've got machining capabilities uh right now we have a vapor honer in there sanding machine or like a sandblaster all the tools you can think of basically and then whatever we don't have two blocks away is my dad's shop so he's got all the paint stuff and you've got all the toys yeah all of them (laughs) all of them i have no excuse to like not be able to do something by myself or at least learn yeah so when you say you guys built the motorcycle, what exactly did you do build wise on the motorcycles for sure. all the listeners? Yeah. Uh, so beginning, like they dropped off a demo bike. So it already had some miles on it. Uh, it was street trim, everything. So you basically had to take everything off that was street and then put on, uh, let's start from the front and work the way to the back. 
like a brand new like Harris triples. That was mint jewelry. Uh, well, anything with Harris on it, yeah, right. yeah, Harris. Mm -hmm. they, yeah. they they built they built MotoGP frames and, and chassis yeah. back in the 500 days. Yeah. They yeah. know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I think the parent company of Royal Enfield bought Harris, so that was yeah. like a big thing to work with them. And so with the Harris triples, we put the Olin's uh, forks on there. Yeah, I got gold. Yeah, yeah. be as shiny as possible, and. We had, we put, so we had to send our hubs to uh, W wheels. They laced them to be 17s instead of, I think it was like the 1918 wheels. You got to get, make sure you get slicks on your bike. Right. Uh, <laughs> and then we basically uh, put clip-ons, rear sets, a different seat, like a different seat cowl on the back to get rid of like the passenger stuff because you don't want that extra weight. Right. And uh, oh yeah, the SNS two into one exhaust sounds super good. Uh, Power Commander Quick Shifter. Uh, I put like a Brembo Master Cylinder on there. Adjustable clutch lever. That was a big stuff. And then my husband, since he was a welder by trade, um, well, we both work together for like a high net worth family. We take care of like professional and personal needs for them. And we helped start the Orange Cat race team. Um, nice. And he was a union pipe fitter. I was graphic designer, but now we do all kinds. Of, we do everything. We just make stuff happen. But he was able, I was like, you know what? I don't like this two pound stock gas cap on there i was like can you weld in a vortex one and he's like yeah let's do it and then everybody else kind of did the same thing but you know what mine didn't leak and you know what <laughs> thank you mine didn't leak <laughs> that's awesome well it's yeah. a british bike it's got to leak something once right uh, yeah. i mean yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it wasn't too well. It's Indian bike. Uh, <laughs> I, it's, it, it's Indian owned. It's made in. Yeah. It's made in England somewhere. Right. We yeah. the electrics are a lot better than, than they were then. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was the majority of the parts that I remember at the time. Um, I know there's like other little stuff we put in there, but I did, did get they, some titanium sorry. stuff. <laughs> did they let you open the motor up, or did you guys have to run stock motors? Mm -hmm. We had to run stock motors. Uh, the funny thing is, is like some of us, like Kaylee, she was so fast at the beginning of the season. People were like, oh, like, or like the fast girls, like, I don't think necessarily I was accused of like doing motor work, but if I was, I take a great compliment to it because I didn't open up my motor and I know Kaylee didn't, uh, but that just means you're really good. Right. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't a lot of horsepower there, uh, but it was still a fun bike. And since I come from riding junk, mostly with blown out <laughs> suspension, that was, that bike taught me a lot. And like working with my Ryan and Olin's, um, I was able to learn a lot more about the feedback. It was just like touching the ice, like tip of the iceberg. But that was, that was a good time learning like on legit stuff instead of like bouncing around. And right. Yeah. By oh, the yeah it's it, Yeah. I, I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah. By the end of the season, like at the last race at Barber that we had it so set up and I was like, dang, this is the last race. But 
we ended up getting some of us to race against the Thruxtons in like an exhibition class in Arma. So that was that was good. That's yeah, cool. I, I had seen that they had, they were letting you guys into race Thruxton Cup, but I'm like, that's going to open that class up a lot because back in the day, that class was huge. Yeah, Thruxton Cup was like 35 bikes to a grid. It was Arma, so I mean, it was really laid back. And I was like, I'm sitting there looking at the rules just randomly, and I go. Oh, the, the the Royal Enfield guys in the girls in that's awesome. That'd be cool because yeah. that, that that class honestly in Arma that class needs a little bit of a boost, but yeah, it does. Is what it is. Yeah, there's a couple people that were like letting people use their bikes just to keep growing the class. Yeah, so it took a little, it got a little bit of traction, but not as much as it could be. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, so th throughout the season. Did you actually have to maintain the bike, like change the oil and do all yes. that? Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, that's the biggest thing is like you, um, during the season, like at your races, uh, well, partially through the season, we'll get back to the beginning of the season. If you, if you basically, I lived closest to the Milwaukee warehouse, so I did bring my back or my bike home one time and to use at local track days. <laughs> And uh, that got shut down really quick. <laughs> I mean, yeah. she's like, I'm going to sneak in here real quick. I mean, I found uh, there's a loophole and I was going to take advantage yeah, of it. Right. As you should, that's part of racing. It's a lifestyle, Thanks. not just on the track. Um, so I took it, took it and used it for a couple of track days, private days and whatever. Um, but, you know, if, if you crash it on, like when you're on your own, like, you got to take care of it. And but during the races, like at Moto America, you'd have to change your own oil. Uh, we had to put, like, after a couple girls crashed, uh, and I think Moto America wanted us to have engine covers on there, like those black plastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That saved a lot of us because you don't want to wear down those nice, pretty, sparkly covers. Oh, no, no, no. I, the, the one that I picked up, this was the like, 2021, whatever year that it rained all weekend. Yeah, that was 2021. Yeah, 21. I, somebody crashed, and it sparks really nice. Oh, yeah. It was really pretty going down the hill, going into the hairpin. Yeah. But it was me and uh, Jinky, the corner worker working with me, we looked at each other like, well, we got to go to work. Ran through, like, you know, standing water and everything. And it's just like, oh, that's why it's like, oh, this bike's really heavy. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, I mean, the, the, the GB racing covers on those bikes, are that's a lifesaver. Oh, my yes. God. Yeah. They're, they were really good. Because, um, yeah, I crashed – Pretty good at Road America. <laughs> in you can do it there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wanted to you know, make history like other people have. Right. Well, I mean, well, mm, mm, mm. Uh, depends on where you're crashing. Like, don't like, the only the reason it's called Canada Corner is the first guy that crashed anything there was Canadian. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Uh, yeah, it's minor low side, minor inconvenient there, minor inconvenience there. Uh, and then I was, it had just started raining again. It was a mixed conditions race. We were, were we out there on, we were out there on our rains, but they declared it a dry race as soon as we went out there, but we're out there on rain. So we're like playing like Mario Kart, trying to hit every puddle to cool it down. Yep. And then like, it's raining over in Canada corner, but dry elsewhere. And I think I just, uh, Kaylee and Crystal. Crystal had just gotten ahead of me, so I was kind of getting some red mist. And I was like, <laughs> no, got to get her back. But I think I hit that one extra 
little raindrop while trying to trail bike. I was like, ah, oh, that's not a good idea. And boop, on my butt, hit the curbing and is like, had some pretty br good bruises there. But I was able to ride the bike back to the pits. And it was, um, I didn't pick the bike up right away, even though I should have. But I was like, if I crashed, I don't trust anybody else. I don't want to have my back to them yeah, while right. I'm trying to pick up the bike. And I was like, you know what? Get out the way. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, so. absolutely. So, yeah, so we actually got a couple uh, comments in here. Mm -hmm. uh, my man, Rick Glover. Big shout out to Rick. So Rick Glover, uh, he actually made our new logo. Uh, oh, nice. Our new Pendergast logo. Yeah, his son races Cooper um, in, the, in the SFL Mini GP, which I might have him on in the future. A lot of fun. But, yeah, he says low horsepower bikes expose all your riding weaknesses. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And then Jason Daw says, I'm 46, still racing a lightweight twin. As you should be. Proper. There's guys in Arma, like Dave Roper. Oh, yeah. I know Dave. And, like the Isle of Man TT. Like, I have such a fangirl over him. And every time I see him, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this guy's so cool. He will punt you in the corner. I don't know how old he is, late 70s, 80s. But he he's still he'll kind of like hobble around but he's on the bike and you couldn't tell that he's right that old you could swear he's like early 20s there's a guy that lives here in nashville charlie southgate this dude was in the original on any sunday racing flat track nice this old coot is 85 years old still racing flat track on a 450 this i mean he's the oh yeah Best machinist in the city, by the way, for motorcycles. His shop, he has the oldest motorcycle shop in the state. It started in like 1912 with his grandfather. It's a shack. Literally, it's a shack Love next to it. an old radio shack, almost under a train bridge in East Nashville, where like oh where me and Jelly Roll are from. Like it's <laughs> wild. Like it is literally, it looks like a barn that's about to fall over. But he's got you walk in there, it's just like a path that's this big. That's why I love these old guys that still race. They're my favorite. Like, again, there's a path in the shop that's about that wide. You can walk down, and it's just parts and frames and original stuff. He's got an original road race fairing for a uh, 750 Kawasaki H2 triple. Nice. Oh, dude, this fairing, if he dug it out from under the porch and he cleaned it up, it'd be worth 10 grand. <laughs> Maybe you should make a mold of it so that way you can't get it. You can't find it because it's up under the porch somewhere. Like, all the parts that are in there, like you walk in there, you're like, how do you find like, it's just like anybody else. He knows where everything is, but it's like, that's, but you're like, what the, I I'm leaving. I can't handle this right now. But now that, that old coot is 85 years old. He was the grand marshal at a local vintage fest, like flat track we had here. And that old dude, like, Still killing it. Nice. Still killing it. That's awesome. That's good stuff. And oh it, yeah, that's I. I love stories like that. And Kevin says, hey, Shake Kevin, what's up? <laughs> what is up, man? Yeah. And then my man Nick, what is going on, Nick? Yeah. What up, Nick? Nick's yeah. Nick's one of my best friends, along with Dave Vaughn. Love those guys. They were my my mechanics. Uh, yeah. If it wasn't for Nick, I wouldn't have met Jeremy, my husband. And they're they're so like you have Nick some money. Right. I was gonna say at least a bear or a shot or two, right? <laughs> yeah, so so funny because I actually met Nick and 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 the other two guys, I can't remember their names. Uh in, Dave in Jersey. And, 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's how, um, yeah, that's how I got this right here. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Nick's awesome. He, he really is. And then, yeah. uh, Trevor, Trevor says in Daniel's case, it's going to frozen yogurt place where you can load up on toppings. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Trevor knows. <laughs> Trevor knows. Uh, what is up, Trevor? Yeah. Trevor and, knows. And then Kali uh, says, oh. You're like really pretty. Well, I know she's not, well, she's not talking to me or you, Chris. I know that. I think he's talking to Dan. No. no. Yeah. I mean, my hair, like the hair is not half bad, but the beard, it, I've got gray in the beard and it's just, it, it's not pretty. It's not good. That's awesome. And then, and then Chris says, this is awesome. We need more programs like this for racers. Yeah. Absolutely. What up, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. What's going Chris on, is a, man? Chris rips. Like Chris rips. Like Chris is real fast. Nice. Chris comes nice. down to. Chris comes and rides with us at Bowling Green. Does he? Oh, yeah. Chris. Chris is quick. Chris nice. is real quick. Nice, nice. And then Jessica hey, Martin says, good times. And then my favorite time was that race weekend. Oh, I wonder which one it was. Barbara. Pro- oh, no, the Arma one. I know what she's talking about. Jessica Vintage was Fest. in love, BTR with me, too. And I am so just in awe of her riding style. She's so smooth. She can get through traffic way better than I can. And I could totally tell during that Arma weekend, uh, she was faster than me getting through the the, the traffic, the Thruxtons. And I was struggling. She was just, she had a lot more balls than I did. Well, <laughs> and I had been up front the majority of the season with the BTR girls, so I didn't really practice like working through traffic. Right. And she's she was way better at working through traffic because she was like fast but mid pack a lot. And whew, watching her, I was like, I'm learning a lot watching Jessica. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. I, I loved watching that role infield. It was uh, a great program. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it really is. And then Steve Grigg, what is up? He says, let's go. <laughs> right. And then he says, Chris is out of wall space. Click here to purchase more wall space. <laughs> oh, show him the ceiling. Show him your ceiling. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, look, I even started on the ceiling, everybody. Look, right oh there. My God. I got one up right there so far. Dude, I'm I'm gonna, got a whole I've got bunch so more. many posters I'm going to have to send you that I'm not using. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, oh. Uh. That's hilarious. Oh. Yeah, th- everybody already knows that. See my my background. Yeah, I love motorcycles. I, I'm I'm a fan <laughs> of everybody. I mean, it's let's just be honest, right? So yeah, that, that's hilarious. But listen, so the the whole uh, BTR and then um, uh, obviously you, you you mentioned a little bit how you met uh, Jeremy through mm-hmm. Nick, right? So tell oh, us yeah. that story. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not going to obviously tell that story because there was a. Uh, <laughs> this well, sounds like it's the start of a really good sitcom, is what it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, technically, I was there with another guy the weekend that I met Jeremy, uh, Stefan Delipsky. You're such a sweetheart, so sweet. You're going to give me cavity. Uh, and we were kind of dating. It didn't really work out. But like, I met Jeremy. Uh, okay, rewind. Stefan invited me to go ride ice in Wisconsin on some random lake. I think it's called Smith Lake near West Bend. And so Stefan invited me, Nick invited Jeremy, and we're like, I'm like south suburbs of Chicago typically. So I, we were like, a, felt like five hours north of like where I live. And I didn't have a bike and Jeremy didn't have a bike. I didn't know who he was. It was... I don't know, negative five degrees outside. Who knows? 
it was like the CCS banquet weekend it was before I started racing. And so I was just like, oh, I'll go up there and hang out with people I know. And Jeremy's standing on the sideline. I'm standing on the sideline. We're waiting for people to like let us borrow bikes to go ride. And we're talking. Everything he's saying is sounding familiar. And I'm like, where the hell do you live? And he's like, oh, a town south suburbs in Chicago you never hear of. And I was like, okay, yeah, uh, me too. Where the hell do you live? Oh, Stager. What? I live in Stager. Like, how don't I know you? But it turns <laughs> out our families knew of each other. And, like, his brother wanted my dad to paint one of his cars and, like, all this other stuff. And, like, we were in a lot of the same places, like, car shows, whatever, but we never met each other. Right. And it's probably a good thing we didn't meet each other earlier because, like, like he looks at my senior picture in the yearbook and he's like, oh, you look like a goody two-shoe bitch. And I was like, you look like a ass. <laughs> oh, I love it. I continue my previous statement. This yeah. is the start of a sitcom. Yeah, this is good. I love it. And, it's, a, it's the start of a Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan movie. Yeah. Take your pick. <laughs> yeah, so I was like goody two-shoes forever while he went through his bad boy phase. And then he's like, you know what? Wifey material now. That's what I want. And uh, no more fun red flag girls. We'll go for the normal girl. <laughs> right? No, 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 no. Stop. Stop. <laughs> No more farmers.com. Normal women don't exist. It's like men that aren't assholes. Okay. <laughs> normal women don't exist. Men that aren't assholes don't exist either. Let's well, no. okay. <laughs> I I'm not normal. I race, so that means I have a couple screws loose. Uh, Jeremy's the perfect amount of asshole to like keep me like like he's not a pushover. I don't like guys right. that are sure. pushovers. Yeah. You gotta keep like if I'm if I'm out of line with something, like or like my opinion on something's bad, like let me know. Like yeah. be honest with each other. You got to. So, sure. but again, I, I say that jokingly, but it's true. Yeah. Oh, that, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so a, more towards like, eh, like fall, uh, like Jeremy was always kind of in the background of mutual friends. And, but like, I was like, you know, let's see this stuff out with Stefan. Like he's a cool dude. He's like, like awesome to hang around with. But I was like, yeah, this is, I don't see this being my, like, like the end all thing. Like, so it's like got out of that because I have like an ultimate man criteria list. And he, like, I was like, I like, I've been through so many long-term relationships that I don't want to like be with the wrong person. Everybody should be with the right person or be by themselves, like right. whatever makes you happy. And so I was like, I can't do it. But um, so then I started like talking to Jeremy more and uh we had a lot of fun hanging out and I'd gotten a dirt bike at the time. So he rode dirt bikes. And so we started hanging out more and I was like, dude, this dude's pretty cool. I guess what? He scores 101% on my ultimate man criteria list with a little bit of extra credit in there. So, <laughs> yeah, <I'll date> him. <laughs> and then we got engaged and then married. So there you go. There yeah. we go. Good nice. Nice. Look, I, I was laughing, Chloe, because Greg said, can we get back to motorcycles? <laughs> That's why I was laughing. I was Greg, Greg races an Arma, and he, him, and Jeremy get like bust each other's balls all the time. Oh, Greg's awesome. really fast racer. He races some really cool vintage bikes, and uh, it's it's awesome to see him out there racing, especially on the Thruxton. 
He's fast. Dude, Greg, bro, thank you for watching, dude. That was awesome. You have to cry laughing over here, bro. Oh, that's so good. I love it. So, so okay. So, uh, BTR. So, how did Orange Cat come about? How, how did that hold? So, um, my big personal sponsor from uh, my Royal Enfield days, um, he. He was like helping sponsor Ezra Bobier on Motorsport Exotica team. But I met him because he, or my big personal sponsor, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. I really appreciate you. Uh, you've done so much for me and Jeremy and so many of my friends, like Nick and Dave. Really appreciate you super much. I don't, you're probably not watching right now. You'll catch up on this later. And <laughs> so he, he, really helped me out during my Royal Enfield time. But I had met him during like an STT track day because we both had R3 390s. And I, I'm very like modest person when it like, when I'm trying to learn a new bike and a new track. So I was at Blackhawk and still new to the, the R3 390 and didn't feel like I should have been riding in advanced. Cause, but they're like, I got yelled at so many times by SCT coaches, Chloe, you're an advanced rider. You need to ride in advanced, like get out of the meat grinder group and learn. And so I was riding with uh, Andrew and Garrett. They're both on our 390s. We we're having a lot of fun and oh, rewind. This is the funny part. <laughs> so uh, the SCT coach was like, oh, Chloe, go meet Andrew and Garrett. Uh, you go ride with them. You guys got similar bikes. I meet them. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll give you a tow. Yeah, have fun. And like a couple laughs goes by and I'm following them. I'm like, uh, bye. <laughs> and so I passed them and Andrew thought it was really cool because like we kept pushing each other. And, uh, so we rode a lot together in like upcoming track days. And um, I didn't know who he was at the time. And, but he helped me out a lot and fast forward to like the end of like the BTR season, he was kind of like pushing Jeremy and I like, oh, like we should see how much we can develop Chloe for like twins cup. And I was like, Whew, that's going to be a big jump, but I can't turn down the opportunity. This right. is like the best opportunity to like push myself beyond the limits that I could comprehend. And we'll get more to that later, but he's like, I see how well you and Jeremy were together for like taking care of your bikes and running your own program for like Arma. He's like, I want to hire you both to help me start Orange Cat. And, um, and there's like some other people that helped start the team as well. But yeah, we, we started with nothing. Like we got hired in December and basically January, February, March, like we had to procure the bikes. Like Jeremy went to Germany to learn how to work on the M1000R. And like, he just like finished being a pipe fitter and he's getting total new career change. Right. And so he's like, oh, this is awesome. Uh, but we didn't have the toter. We didn't have the stacker. We didn't have the tools, the parts. Like we were like, we had to learn how to import things. And it was an awesome career change in the fact that I had to learn so much and there's so much I can add to my resume now besides being a graphic designer, like all kinds of things. Um, but yeah, we 
started the race team and added on some really great people. And it's been a whirlwind this past year. <laughs> yeah. 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 I remember seeing it, seeing, uh, cause I'm part of a crew for a stock thousand team as well. Yeah. And, uh, we were at road Atlanta and I saw you guys rolling out. I'm like, Oh, new team. And I looked up and saw who was on there. I was like, Oh, y'all are going to be a problem. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw the was... rider list and I went, Oh, you've got Ezra and Caleb and you're on M1000s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that was the right, big whatever. thing. Like, Andrew likes to be very discreet about things, which is a blessing and a curse because I it's really tough for me to keep secrets. And uh, so we had a ride under the radar hardcore. Like our testing bikes didn't have anything on it because we didn't want anybody to know who we were. We wanted to make sure our operations was running very smoothly. And that was the big focus was making sure like, don't be all about the show before you like, we got to make sure we have the go. Yeah. And um, it was, it was very interesting because we basically all like the racers moved out to Vegas for like six weeks before going out to road Atlanta, did a lot of testing out there. Those guys, like Caleb was like a fish to water with the, M1000R, I was behind the eight ball, which was mental health, like, like beat me down mentally, like beat myself down mentally. I'm very yeah. tough on myself, but like the first time I rode the R7, like, and I struggled with telling people how the bike was running or like how the suspension was. Cause I was like, I'm so new to like all this stuff and I'm against people that are, have been doing it for years and they're kicking right. butt and but uh, I've learned a lot and I, I would do my program a little bit differently if I were to do it again. Um, but yeah, the first couple of times I rode and I was like, Oh, this is what the fast guys are doing at this track. I was like, I am nowhere near qualifying if this was like Moto America stuff, but I worked really hard and like any basically waking moment outside of work and like off the track, I was like researching what I could do or like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Ed Key, mm -hmm. um, but uh, my friend Kevin, who was like very good, like with helping coach me this year, because he's like the lightweight god at Blackhawk, <laughs> like nobody <laughs> his time. So he was very instrumental in like helping me progress this year. But he gave me like Ed Key's suspension guide and I it was able to distill that down into like a one page sheet like a cheat sheet and be like okay well if I'm running wide this is what we maybe need to do to adjust the suspension but it was just like right there so that way like Jeremy and I could refer to it uh because Jeremy was my my picker chief this year and we both agree that he probably shouldn't have been my picker chief because like I probably would have been more successful in the season if we would have had somebody that was like a little bit more experienced, like saying like, okay, this is what needs to change. Cause Jeremy and I were like freshly married, brand new coworkers. And he's my pit crew chief and my mechanic. Like we're doing this whole new career change. We're moving places. It was a lot. Yeah. But uh, we definitely learned a lot together and we there's still a lot to learn in racing there's there's people write books about it all the time but you if you can read as much as you want but you got to go out there and do it and um 
trying to race the pro level is next level stuff. But, you know, each time I would get out there, I'd progress. And it was cool to see, like, it was good to see progression every time and not regression. So that yeah. helped me. But I, you know, I didn't qualify for any of my races this year. The closest I got to qualifying was Barber. As a provisional, I could have got in, but I missed that by four tenths of a second. And the bike still wasn't set up right. Yeah. And But now it's like, okay, if I were to actually like go back to Barber, if I were to do it this year, I think I could do it because I've learned a lot since then. And then towards the end of the year, I got uh, data on my bike. So potentiometers on the suspension, yeah. which helps a ton with like reiterating what I'm feeling on the bike or you'll see in the data that it's like going like this. And they're like, Chloe, are you feeling this in the front when you're going through turn three at New Jersey, you're getting like a bunch of chatter. I'm like, yeah, that sucked. Like, how can we fix that? <laughs> you don't trust me. Trust me on that bike. You don't fix that. <laughs> right. Yeah. There would be like a little kicker I'd hit and they'd be like the front wheel would come up and I'm like, Oh, okay. Put it down. <laughs> oh yeah. No, trust me. The, the front end chatter on the MT07 and R7. Yeah. yeah, nobody's figured out how they fix that yet. <laughs> I've had more conversations with people riding R7s and the yeah. Yamaha frame itself because yeah. they just couldn't figure it out. They just yeah. nobody's figured it out yet. Yeah, Caleb was very helpful. And then like uh Gene Bertram and mm -hmm. Hayden Schultz, like they were very, very helpful. Like uh Gene actually built my race bike. Okay. Um, because we were kind of short on time and he had one kind of sitting around. We're like, we're buying that off you. And Gene, you build like really good motors. Uh, you had a, <laughs> you gave me a podium. Yay, Gene! Yeah, Gene. Uh, he gave me a podium worthy bike. So I just had to work on what was between here. Yeah. And so I had no excuse. <laughs> no excuse. No excuse. So, Joe, real quick, he says, What's up, Chloe? Joe! 24? No, oh, we can't. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no I'll probably be focusing on my supermoto and uh, in Arma. Yeah. And um, we're building a KZ uh, 650. Well, um, for me to race in Arma as well. I raced Jeremy's in heavyweight at Arma this year because he he busted his little his uh, little ankle up, and so he couldn't race. So he's like, "Chloe, you should race my KZ." And I actually did pretty well on his KZ, like for the first time, really riding it at its current like development level. And I had a ton of fun on it. So we currently have no bikes in the garage with clip-ons. They're all super bike stuff, which is interesting because I was so hardcore on the clip-ons. Um, but yeah, super bike bars give you so much more leverage. Right. <laughs> and you can be a little bit more lazy. You shouldn't be lazy while you race. But like, uh, no, no, no. You're, you're, I instruct on a naked bike. You're yeah. lazy. It's there's no way getting around it. You're yeah. gonna be lazy. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. But the KZ was a ton of fun. It, yeah. Yeah. KZs, yeah. Yeah, they are. And then Diane, my Chloe. Yes, I love Diane. Actually, met we met uh in what what year was that, Diane? Was it 2018? Me, you oh and, god, uh, I've no I've Diane has seen me around the paddock since 2005. <laughs> Diane has known yeah. me since I was a puppy. That's yeah. awesome. I yeah, she's she's awesome. I, I love Diane. She's a I, she's I call like the the queen of of uh racing, she's queen of the paddock. Yeah. yeah, queen yeah. of the paddock. She's yeah. like a fairy godmother. She comes around and gives you a hug. And there's a couple she's times awesome. I've like cried in her shoulder before. And yeah, it's just like so happy when she's there. <laughs> yeah. Joe, I want to take a hey Joe, I want to take a session on your six sixty. 
since he's commenting on it, he can hear it. I want to ride your 660. There you go, Joe. 660. Real bad. <laughs> and then Diane says, yes, of course, Diane, of course. So 2023, what uh, – let me ask you this, Chloe. What, yep. what do you think your strongest uh, point racing a motorcycle is? Is it your braking or turning or – Oh, definitely not braking. <laughs> Uh, people call me a modest breaker. That's my big, big weakness. Um, and I think we'll go back to the strengths, but like, I think my big thing I need to work on for 2024 is breaking, but, uh, the California Superbike school, like you use your wide view vision. I really need to focus on like looking where I'm going instead of like looking for my brake marker. It needs to just be in the peripheral. Because right. I was actually trying that at Homestead a couple weeks ago. I got to ride a Kramer for the first time, like nice. brand new, never ridden Kramer. Ooh, was it an 890 or was it a single? Uh, the single. So okay. it, doesn't it, matter. <laughs> yeah, no. it, it was such an incredible bike to ride. But I was like, you know what? New bike, new track. Whenever I go with like new bike or new track, especially new track, it really helps me like, okay, just focus on like learning the track and like, what do you got to work on? Make sure you, every session you go out, you go out with a goal of like, what are you working on? Um, so that was, it was good, but yeah, using your wide view vision and like making sure you're not getting that tunnel vision of like, Oh crap, I'm coming into the corner. It was, it was good. So 2024, I'm going to become the best breaker. <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> top rack. You're going to be better than top rack, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll shoot a little bit lower. <laughs> Maybe a Cam Peterson. <laughs> Maybe a Cam. I love it. That, that's good stuff. And then Tim says, go. Hey, Tim. Go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he races in Armo as well. Oh, nice. He's such a cool dude. I told nice. him I wanted to race like a little bike, like one of those like CB, our, our laundry room bike, like the love CB it. 175s. But he's like, no, Chloe, you need to just race this little two stroke. Like one of those ones you could basically like if, if you if you stall it at the start, you better you can just like pick it up. Pick off. it up, yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> I didn't I didn't take the offer. I want to take it like not at Arma Vintage Days, like a barber. That would have been a little much. I want to do it at a little low key time. <laughs> Go to Talladega and do it. Yeah, yeah. Talladega, Talladega is like small and forgiving, and like tons of traction. If you low no. side there, you get a new hobby. Yeah, no. If you low, depending on where you low side, you have to go. They play Marco Polo. If you come out and if you go out in the cornfield, the Wookie's not going to be able to find you. No. <laughs> and I don't think you want to go off and turn one because isn't there like a baby grave out there? No, 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 no. It's not a baby grave. That's Miss Mary. Who's that's a, that's, that's that's Miss Mary. Mary. I love it. He's <laughs> no, like, no. <laughs> that's Miss Mary. But if you go off turn one, there's only one other thing. It's one or two. You need a Dixie horn on the bike because your Dukes a hazarding yourself because it's a big, it's banked. And then one, you keep, if you keep going, there's the Creek and you have to fish your bike and you out of the Creek, or you end up back by the railroad tracks where if it's dove season, you've got the guys in the field on the other side of the railroad tracks hunting doves. I'll wear my orange suit. Right, you, my orange shirt's something. coming on. Like, look, I, I, I have corner worked out there in turn two and turn four, and I've heard stuff like rounds bouncing off the train. I'm here, I'm sitting there, tink, tink. I'm like, what in the hell is going oh, no. on? And I go, 
oh, it's dove season. That explains it. I'm going to come back over here now. <laughs> a little, get a little bit further away. <laughs> right. I'm no dove. Yeah, I'm no dove, and I'm, I'm not no trying dove. to get. Oof. But you're that flying. Was, yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was a That's weird right. one. But ta- the, good, the fun thing about Talladega is, what's the track shut down? Nobody cares. You can do whatever you want. Really? Like, like, I should <laughs> I may or may not have sent a propane tank 55 feet in the air. Oh, what? <laughs> what? So, you know, I was like, I'll oh, just light it. It'll just burn off real slow. Yeah, it wasn't completely done yet. Oh, boy. Poof. Oh, God, don't hit anything. Don't hit anything. Don't hit anything. Poof. Hit the grass. I'm going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm going to bed. Luckily, the statute of limitations of that story are over. So it's okay. <laughs> That's awesome. It's more than 10 years ago. It's fine. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> we used to, there's, there's a lot of things we used to get up to at Talladega. <laughs> sounds like fun. That's oh, what it God. sounds like. A good time. You can go down there and play Redneck for free. It's a great time. <laughs> I love it. Redneck for free. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, Joe, I'm sorry. Jo- Joe said try, but no sound. See at Roebling, Chloe. Oh, Joe's cool. He races one of those side shift. I think it's an Indian. Oh, nice. Right. That's too much work. But it looks cool. Yeah, it does. I'm not saying it doesn't look awesome, but that's like I'm, my ADD brain kicks in. It's like, what am I? I look, I'm going to just get up, stand here, rub my head, pat my stomach at the same time. That's about all I got for you. You know? <laughs> Oh, that's good stuff. That's good. All right. I love y'all. I gotta go. We'll see y'all later. All right, see buddy. Ya. See you, bro. Appreciate you. Love you. Love you. Love me you too, man. All right. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Daniel's awesome. He's he, he's a trip. He really is. Trevor, look, Trevor Watson says Tally has zero traction. That place is abandoned fairground. <laughs> <laughs> With sideshow still going on, right? And then Paul McKee. Dodged a seven-foot corn snake on the backstretch at Little Tally. Ooh, ooh, yeah, that's one thing. Do you like snakes, Chloe? I don't mind them. Uh, yeah. Actually, like hunting, uh, I have like a lot of bucket list hunting trips. I've never been hunting before, but a lot of invasive species hunting I want to do, and I want to go to the Everglades and get the pythons and boa constrictors, and just like walk out of there like. Britney Spears on stage. Like, look what I just got. Look what I got. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this trophy. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, look, look 2023, what, how would you rate, rate your year in 2023? Um, I mean, every year should be a 10. You should only be getting better. I'd have gave but, you a 12, but that's just uh, saying. Uh, it was definitely like, we'll rate it in a 10 of year for year of growth. And um, learning to appreciate the journey and each step that you you take on that journey and being kind to yourself, uh, especially when you're trying to achieve a big goal. And uh, I knew trying to do Twins Cup was going to be really freaking tough. And it was. Yeah. And I, But I learned a lot. And the beginning of the year, like when we were doing preseason testing, um, was probably the toughest for me mentally because like, I would just beat myself up. Like you wake up at 3am and that, that inner bitch is like, you suck, you suck. And I'm like, what are you doing? Get away. Like, get out of here. But it was, you need to stop viewing things as a failure 
and know that you're like progressing. I wasn't appreciating the progression for a long time until towards the end of this, or like road Atlanta, you know, I was like, you know what? <sighs> you need to let all this go because you ride best when you're happy. And like, yeah, you just like pre true. pretend like it's a track day, pretend like it's an armor race, low key, go out there, your front row to like watching these awesome people go fast on the bike that you're on. And so you have no excuse, like just go out there, learn and push yourself. Just be in that continual lens of improvement. So yeah. we'll say a 10, uh, but it was a very rough year. It was, Cause like, not only am I doing like a giant like career change, um, but, it, but then trying to do twins cup was very, very tough. Uh, but you know what? You grow when you push your push yourself through your uncomfortable boundaries, and right. my boundaries are really big now. <laughs> That's right. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I mean, you know, and you learned a lot about yourself too, yes. mentally too, right? Yeah. How mentally tough you really are, right? So, yeah. let me ask you this: I think you did an amazing job all year. Thanks. By the way, uh, you're welcome. Um, how do you prepare for a race, right? Do you have any like rituals uh, uh, from Nolan Lampkin turned me on to wearing your socks inside out, right? And I was like, wear your socks inside out. He's like, yeah, because of the seams. You know, you never notice how when you put it on, it bothers your toe. And sometimes you got to take your shoe off. And I was like, absolutely, I do. Oh, so, yeah. So, since it. then, yeah, I've been wearing my socks inside out and it's brilliant, right? Huh. So, did, did you have any things like left boot on first? Oh, uh, no. I mean, it was just like you put your clothes on the way you normally do. And right. um, my biggest thing for me was like, oh, it wasn't really like the day of is starting for the race, but like a week leading up to the race, I wouldn't drink alcohol, um, like make sure I'm eating clean. And like, I was very fortunate that like our team paid for like personal trainer. So I got like the most fit I ever did, like ever. Um, and so it's just like making sure I'm exercising and like, in like a good headspace. and like karma is number one. I feel like anybody who like is, has bad karma always crashes the track. Uh, even though I crashed three times this year, I swear it wasn't bad karma. It was just minor <laughs> inconvenience mistake. Um, but it's, <laughs> yeah, it's just like each day is just like preparing mentally for it and like watching some YouTube videos if I don't know the track. Um, but when I get to the track and I'm going to race, like, the biggest thing is just don't like if like people see me like getting like kind of like, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. Like you just need to be like light and airy and it wouldn't put like headphones on like usually like right before like 30 minutes before I go out. That's when I'm kind of like, you know, by myself or like with my team, like kind of like away from everybody else. And then I'll sit and close my eyes and like do one good lap in my head or like know what areas I need to focus on and like figure out like, okay. Like, this is the point where I'm going to turn in. This is the next point. Like, and just go through. And if I don't really realize, they're like, like, if I don't have good reference points in my head or like something's kind of blank or hazy, it's like, okay, what can I improve on there? And uh, just, just go out there and say, oh, it's just, it's no big deal. Let's just go out there and have fun. because. Yeah, I don't ride good when I'm stressed or rushed or it's just yeah, just chill. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's good. I don't think anybody does. It's better to be chill. So do, you don't listen to like any music at all just to try to help you get in that mode or nothing? Yeah. No. Yeah. If there's music playing in the background, cool. But just... it's not. Yeah. 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 I just like but, to hear the motorcycles that are going around the track at that time. Yeah. I, so uh, a lot of my friends have those little, uh, what you call it, the little side things on, on, on your helmets on the street so they can talk yeah. back and forth. And um, look, I got one. It's brand new. It's still in the box and I've had it for probably eight months. No bullshit. Mm -hmm. Never even put it on. Right. Cause I just, I, listen, I love to hear the sound of my motorcycle. That's yeah. part of it. Right. I love, I love to hear her talk. I, let's have a conversation. You know, uh, I don't want to be listening to Kid Rock or Van Halen or anything. Don't get me wrong. I'd like to listen to it. But when I'm riding, it's yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't like to at all. But uh, Rick Glover, he says, we have a Motard class in every round in the SFL Mini GP. Come out and play if you make it down to Florida. Yeah. So listen, I'm going back I to Miami next week, but I won't have my supermoto with me let's have you don't need thing. it <laughs> chloe you, you don't need it so listen i'm i'm michael career rick glover uh juju his son he races in the british talent cup i'm a big supporter of, of nice. the whole sfl mini gp their program is is outstanding um i wish moto america would would actually work work with them because they, they they provide a pro they provide everything bikes leathers boots gloves helmets everything you just register pay a fee first time over a bike no problem you ever want to learn how to drag your knee at, at six seven years old no problem at 50 years old no problem right nice. you just show up and it's dude they are wonderful people uh and, and i love every single one of them such a great people if you ever have the opportunity yeah you should for sure well, i'll be at homestead on the second i think and then i don't I don't have anything going on uh, next weekend. Uh, if you guys got anything going on. <laughs> there you go, Rick. You guys got anything going on next week in, in, in SFL Mini? Um, and then Peter. What is up, Peter? Hey, Peter. Yeah, he's uh, awesome. South Florida sidecars guy. That's the main reason why I got into racing was so I could do sidecar stuff. Um, I just like being the co-pilot and I was going to, we, we had this conversation. I was going to get into it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Peter's awesome. Yes. And, and I can't wait to have a, a chat with him, but them sidecars, me and Chloe had this conversation. Like to me, you know, I'm TT. Everybody knows my favorite race of the year, but the sidecar people to me are the most, uh, out there <laughs> out of all of them. We'll just say that. Right. It, it, it's, it's not the driver. It's the monkey in the side of it. that I'm just like, it amazes me all the time, right? It's it's fucking proper. Let's just be honest, right? Yeah. It's it's so. Tell us about that. Oh, real quick before yep. you do that, Rick says next round is February tenth. He believes. Oh, I won't be there that weekend. Oh, February tenth. Mm, I don't know when I'll be back. Catch me on. Go into them DMs. Let's talk about this later. There you uh, go. <laughs> there you go. Um. So sidecar stuff, uh, when my dad started learning how to use a computer and like you had fast enough internet to access YouTube, uh, he, like we would share sidecar videos from the Isle of Man TT or wherever in Europe. And we're like, these guys are nuts. We got to go see this one day. So in 2015, uh, like after I did my first track day, the following weekend, we went to the Isle of Man, my dad and I like best daddy daughter trip ever and Jelly. we went during practice week because we it was cheaper and you get to see more stuff on track 
uh, like this is how much cheaper it is. So our room was like, I don't know, 250 bucks a night. If you stay during race week, it was 600 a night. All right. Yeah. I'm only going for practice week. Thanks. Yeah, it's on practice. my bucket list. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but we went to the Isle of Man to basically watch the sidecars race and it was awesome. And it, that it's a pilgrimage. I feel like everybody needs to make. Um, granted it was 2015, I think between my dad and I, and we didn't do it the cheapest way. Like we took an airplane from Manchester to the Island. I think we spent about five to six grand between the two of us. Yeah. Um, it sounds and, about right. Yeah. And, yeah. but you can do that trip a lot cheaper if you want to camp or there's like cheaper transportation. Like we had um a bus pass to get around and that was the best way because you could have your beer or a pint at the pub pint. and get my fish and my chips yeah damn right yeah, get a bap uh, right which and uh the uh the, the town of peel where they made the peel car and uh, that island was just so majestic even if you you weren't there during the island man tt there's so much to do there and so beautiful and there's so much history yep. i mean europe's weird because every every town has like a castle so it's, it's just so weird <laughs> no no grid streets everything's all kind of crazy so you're gonna get lost but you're gonna find something cool Right and along then, the way for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And everybody's got to go to the Island Man. If you love racing, you got to go there at some point. And definitely during the off off season when it's not the TT or like the classic, it's way cheap to go there. Uh, but I definitely want to go back to the classic. You know, bucket list thing would be to race like sidecars at the classic. That's on the bucket list. So if anybody wants to help me do that totally down my husband's a really good sidecar driver we're a good team together so uh help me make that happen yeah, all right. please yes. please that would be so awesome i mean yeah. just just I, I i can't say i'm not jealous i already said that it's uh because <laughs> yeah i will i will it's it's my favorite i subscribe every well before they they come out with the the, the tt app which is only 25 dollars. everybody i mean it's come on it's the best 25 dollars you spend all year uh of course, I bought them. If, if I didn't catch them live, I always went to Duke.com, bought the DVD, you know, put it in and just glued to the TV, yeah. right? Uh, it's it, magical. It's, I, I feel the same about uh, Cadwell Park. Cadwell Park's my mm -hmm. favorite track in the world. Uh, that mountain jump is just the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. When you see them jump and launch it, you're like, holy shit, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yes, I'm jealous. Sidecars, uh, I would love to ride in one. Yeah, I mean, if you come to an ARMA event, that's basically the only place you can get on a sidecar. I think Azra has opened up a sidecar class, but we'll see how that goes, who actually shows up. Right. Um, but uh, it would be cool if it became a bigger thing in America. But it's tough because you can't go to a normal track day with a sidecar. Uh, you can't run that at the same time as a two-wheel motorcycle. So it's tough to grow the sport when you don't really have a lot of people in that particular yeah. niche. Um, Which is a very small niche at that. Yeah. And it's, it's a little bit more expensive and harder to come by for parts. Uh, Cause you're having to like import stuff usually, or make it yourself. Uh, but hopefully it grows here. Yeah, <laughs> it would be uh, really cool. 
Listen, if nobody's ever seen it, I suggest you right now get on YouTube. Forget this podcast. You can watch it later. You catch it on Spotify tomorrow. You come right back, right? As soon as it ends, you go right back and watch it live. I mean, not live, but but rewatch it. But dude, go to go go to YouTube seriously and check it out because it's uh, you'd be like, holy shit, these guys are and girls are just yeah, plum plum nuts. Actually, speaking of that, uh, Chloe uh, of the sidecars, um, I talked to Fiona Baker Holden. Um, she races out there in, in Europe and, and on the sidecars, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get her on the podcast. It's gonna be awesome. Oh, I can't wait to listen to that one. Yeah, dude, because she actually races at the Isle of Man on that. It's like, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, listen, I, I, uh, Supermoto, I, I can't wait to hear all the stories. I, I, I know it's gonna be a whole lot of fun. On on the on the supermoto right, it's, it's, it's going to be good stuff. But I I, I want to get away from all the all, all the motorcycles sure. for a little bit and talk about uh, what you do to to relax and all that. So, um, what is your spirit animal? I like cows. I mean, you my fear is a cow. I know I've seen that. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. My wife does too. She she's a big yeah. cow. They're, this sounds really bad, but they're cute and delicious. And they also protect you, like with their leather. And there's, they're right. so chill. Um, and they're like baby cows are super cute. Like my friends are. who are like know me pretty well will send me like cute cow videos. And I want one of those little mini moos so bad. I know they're cute. They are. And 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 obviously you see them all the time. And they always say when I see a cow is eat more chicken. Yeah, I mean Chick Fil A, go there. <laughs> right, eat more chicken. Right, right. So, uh, we we actually have a question from Kevin. Hey, Kevin. He said, "What did BTR help the most to prepare you for the next level, and what has been the biggest learning curve once there?" Great question. Uh, so BTR really helped me, um, in the fact that it, usually women and men race differently. And women are a little bit more strategic about how they pass, or they're a little bit more smooth, predictable. And so towards the beginning of the season, I was seeing like the majority of the girls on the team were uh, the same way I raced. And I was like, ooh, if the only way for me to progress is kind of channel a little bit of testosterone and figure out how to like change my mindset. So I think the mindset change of, you know what, Hey, if you sh like be a little ballsy, so show somebody a wheel going into a corner, pass on the brakes and take the inside line. And even though it might not be the fastest line getting out of there, but like, Hey, you, you put the passing on the brakes was my biggest thing I learned. And uh, thanks to Superbike school, they, I did like four days in a row of superbike school at Pittsburgh and whew, taught me a lot. And they did some drills with me that they don't typically do with other students. And cause they knew like, I was there for learning how to race better. Right. And yeah, the getting the confidence to pass on the brakes and not have that tunnel vision and just like, look to where you want to go game changer. Uh, and that definitely helped a lot during the race, especially at New Jersey, and at Barber, uh, the last two races. And, but yeah, just, you got to kind of race like a guy when you're racing with a bunch of girls. <laughs> you got to send it. Yeah. You got to send it a little bit further. <laughs> yeah. You just got to send it. That's yeah. That's yeah. That's good stuff. 
just send it. That's what I always tell everybody. Just just let it be. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff, Chloe. All right, so uh, favorite movie, Chloe. Well, what's Chloe's favorite movie? The Barbie movie currently. <laughs> hey, that's good. I've never seen it. Never seen it's, it. It's good. If you hate Barbie, it's going to be good. If you love Barbie, it's going to be good. Uh, Barbie's, uh, the movie is very self-aware. Are you getting paid for this? Oh, no. No, <laughs> not at all. Um, but it's funny. Like they, the Barbie, all the Barbies and Ken's kind of makes fun of themselves. And uh, there's a little bit of like women empowerment stuff. I'm not like a total feminist, like, but you know, like everybody should be like nice to each other. Um, but like it, it's a, it's a good overall movie. And I went to go see it with my mom at the theaters. I think that was the first movie I'd seen at the theaters since. 2020 like when they shut everything down yeah and uh it was good to see with my mom it was good mommy daughter bonding time yeah, yeah that's good stuff good it, peter peter said we just watched it right I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to watch it yeah it's it's uh yeah so do, do you watch star wars or star trek or anything um i'm more of a star wars girl uh especially yes. well like i love uh mandalorian me too yeah and, like uh, the Disney Plus ones are pretty good, and yeah. the, uh, how do you say it? Ashoka, Ahsoka, um, Ahsoka, the Ahsoka. recent one. That one yeah, was good. Cool to yeah. watch. I think Mandalorian, like that recent show, was my favorite. Um, but I, I'm not really like so much of a sci-fi person. I'm more of like comedy. Um, that's more my jam. <laughs> Who's your favorite comedian? Stand up. <laughs> oh, I know. I should say BT. Uh, right yeah <laughs> bt bt is my favorite are you listening bt i'm surprised he ain't texting right now you yeah know, you better say me yeah i don't know it's tough for, like favorite uh for a while there was bill burr but i i miss pre-woke days when like everybody yeah. could poke fun at everybody and like if people make fun of me i'm gonna roll with it like me too i i don't really take a I got pretty thick skin growing up with the family I did. So I, I miss, well, let's just say the era before pre-woke days of that. So I like George Carlin. Oh yeah. He's Man, funny. <laughs> I like George, yeah. George Carlin, um, cat Williams, right. Mm -hmm. Can't forget old cat. And then, uh, Dave, Dave, uh, Chappelle, right. The Chappelle show is one of the greatest TV shows yeah. ever. Yes. I mean, it was, <laughs> yeah, the the Chappelle show. Yeah, it's it's. I actually, did you watch his new stand up comedy? Mm -mm, not yet on Netflix. Yeah, it's, not it's, yet. It's, it's hilarious. I'm not gonna give it away, but it's it's good. And uh, everybody listening, my favorite is still BT. BTB <laughs> shout out. <laughs> you better watch this later. <laughs> yeah, right. You better watch this. Let I, I'm gonna send it to him for sure. Uh, it, it'll be out tomorrow. Uh, it usually takes a couple hours for it to render. I I do it while i'm asleep when i wake up in the morning i push it out to spotify so it'll be out tomorrow so everybody can um watch it but yeah that's that's hilarious uh favorite music i really like uh a lot of different things but like my spotify wrap up this year is like all over the place but i really like kind of like dance techno like anything that gets me like happy and like just just right. like and, just yeah. Jersey Shore, just 
let's go wow. give me the f- yeah, yeah. Uh, but i really love dolly parton and yeah. i just finished her book like behind the scenes like about all of her costumes uh, very nice. very good table or coffee table book nice. lots of good pictures i love pictures i don't really like mm-hmm. reading too much uh, but there was lots of good pictures. Kept me reading. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm an audiobook guy uh, myself, right? Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you your, your actually uh, favorite book. I just got done uh, listening to Matthew McConaughey, Greenlight. Oh, my God, what a good book. Yeah. Yes, that's a very good book. Yes, absolutely. So what book are you you reading right now or listening um, to? I haven't been listening to, like, any books. But I do, like, I don't like reading Cause I, I just kind of, I go to sleep. Yeah. I go to sleep cause I'm sitting still too long. So audiobooks are good. Cause like I can be doing something with my hands and then listening to other stuff. Um, I do listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, that's, that's Me my too. big thing lately. And okay. Favorite podcast. What's it called? I like listening to podcasts about cults. Um, <laughs> But listen, listen, listen. That's what it's called. There, there, there's a trend that that I've noticed with uh, women. Uh, it's it's my wife, her friends, uh, all the women I've had on here. Well, we listen to cults of murder mysteries. Every single <laughs> one of them. I'm like duly noted for sure. Duly, no, no, no. It's it's. Uh, I like that stuff too. To to be honest with you, um, uh, one of them ain't pin the gas. What? what no i'm just joking uh yeah yeah i, I listen to a lot too i like uh of course um who, who's our list of course i listen to a lot of the moto gp ones one of my favorites is moto pg uh good mates of mine out there in australia um boris tugs and and fredo big shout out to them they're hilarious if you ain't listened to them you gotta check them out. of course my man uh dave neal off track podcast uh he's out there in bsb he interviews all those guys so yeah uh i do uh murders and mysteries too um man uh i think it's called the coffee is it the coffee house killers i can't remember hillary at work actually turned me on that because i went in their office one day i'm like what are you listening to because it was like during this massive murder scene so i was glued right i was like hell yeah because i like horror flicks you like horror flicks Oh, if I don't, if I'm not going to bed right after, <laughs> I just like watching funny stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. or documentaries. Love documentaries. Uh, who don't, right? So, uh, listen, I'm actually watching. I know we're kind of getting all over the place right now, but the uh, that <laughs> uh, be like, let's talk about motorcycles again. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, what are you guys doing? I thought this was pen to gas, not food network. Uh, <laughs> right? Uh, is well, is, there's a different type of pen to gas after you eat. Hey, facts. Hundred ten percent. So, do you like spicy food? Um, not really. I'm like a two out of ten spicy like okay. girl. I mean, I'm pretty pasty white. I can't handle that. <laughs> I like spicy food, so I I, I do that last uh, the last dab uh, the hot ones where the guy interviews all the guys. Yes, yeah. I, the last dab, the last one. It's it's good. It's hot. Uh, I ain't gonna lie, but yeah, it's it's. I like watching other people do that from the safety of my own couch or like right. drinking a glass of milk or <laughs> drinking a glass of milk. That's hilarious. Yeah. So do you like to cook? Um, yes. Uh, mostly desserts. <laughs> I love making a mean French silk pie from scratch with like a nice buttery crust. Um, but for a while there, and I, 
I kind of had to drop them, but like HelloFresh, I didn't like their delivery service. Sorry, throwing you guys under the bus, but they taught me a lot about cooking, especially like using lemon zest uh, in your food. And like mm -hmm. that can really like turn. Enhance that, it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, like lemon yep. zest, everything. <laughs> That, listen, I, I love to cook. I get it from my mom. So I use lemon and lime on, on a lot of stuff because yeah. it's it, it refreshes. It, it's so good, yeah. right? You just squeeze a little lime lemon on it. It's, yeah. Mm. I, I, I drink a lot. I put fresh lemon in my water a lot. So, sure. yeah, and, and drink it like that. People are like, what? What are you doing? I'm like, you never had lemon water, man? It's so good. It's good for you too, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So your, your favorite food, Chloe? Mm. I really like sushi a lot. I, I like, like a poke bowl. I can eat that like all day. Or, well, okay, rewind. I like cereal a lot. I'll have our breakfast. I can have breakfast all day, every day. Cereal, eggs, you name it. Like, if I can only have just one meal a day, it'd be breakfast. So what you cooking for breakfast then? What is it? So Gordon Ramsay cooks these. If I, if I have enough time. He makes these really delicious, like soft scrambled eggs. So it's like you have it in a sauce pot and you put like, like, I think it was like creme de fraiche or whatever. I don't know how to say the fancy stuff, but like you literally have to keep stirring it and stirring it and stirring it and don't let it get too hot. You gotta like pull it off. And then it's like fresh chives out of like my garden. Love gardening some fresh tomatoes and like salt and pepper on that. Oh, you just like pour, like pour it out onto your, like a, like a little crunchy, chewy bread piece. That's like my jam. That's the ultimate summer breakfast. Like, but it's, I haven't had to have, I haven't had time for that. I'm always like traveling lately. Yeah. So I don't really have time to eat. So I'm eating out a lot. And, yeah. uh, uh, back to pre-weight race weight last year. Uh, not good, but you know, little, little Debbie took the wheel over the holidays and I had fun. <laughs> What's your favorite little Debbie snack? Is, is it, it those little cosmic brownies, those little waxy? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah with the little dots in them or whatever, oh, little candies on them. Yeah. They look so good to you. Like, yeah. oh, I just want one. Let me get yeah. it, please. But then you feel like crap afterwards. Like American yeah. food is just so shitty. It's, <laughs> it, it's, it's, yeah. That I, speaking of that, that, that Netflix, uh, it's, it's about, uh, eating healthy and, mm -hmm. and, uh, stuff like that. It's, uh, yeah, I changed my diet around because um, I was I used to be a fat ass, right? I ain't gonna lie, I did. Um, I, hey, I ain't gonna lie, I, dude. I was almost in the size forty Ooh. pants. Oh no! Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm in the thirty four now. Oh, yeah. So, do you feel like your knees feel better and like? Oh yeah, I can yeah. look down and see everything. Perfect. I, it, it, it's not just a mountain. Yeah. With a belly button, right? It's it's it's. I just <laughs> I just got <laughs> right. I can make fun of myself. Yeah, uh, I don't care. It's it's good stuff. It's uh, yeah. I changed exactly what I eat. I stopped fast food. I didn't grow up eating um eating drinking cereal. A uh, drinking cereal. Yeah, don't do that. Don't drink cereal and drive, kids. It's bad for you. Um, like uh, soda, right? Uh, yeah. Because I got ADHD, and my parents didn't put me on Ritalin, so and. They try to keep out like yellow dyes and red dyes on all my sure. shit, right? Um, 
but of course, you know, you get older and, and you're like, man, I'm a, everything's so good. It's, it's, it's quick. It's easy. I ain't got to cook it. Right. And the next thing you know, you get bigger and bigger, and bigger. Anyway, long story short, I wanted to lose a bunch of weight, got tired of what I look like and what I represented and the way my son probably looked at me. Right. Um, sure. so yeah, I, uh, just changed what I ate, do some exercise. So I'm big into Wim Hof method where you do the, the breathing and you do the ice bass. Yes. Do you mm. like ice bass? Uh, I haven't done an ice bath, but I went to this, like the Kohler water spa near me and they have like a, like a circuit that you do. So you go in like the pool and then you go in like a dry sauna, like a steamy sauna. I know I'm probably not saying the correct rooms correctly, but then you jump in like, like a cold plunge. And then you do that over and over and over again. But the cold plunge, like if you just control the breathing and then it feels really good. And I didn't, I've never felt so refreshed, but it was probably because I was gone without my phone for like three hours. Yeah. That probably helped too. <laughs> it, 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 you know, and social media is so part of, of racing mm -hmm. and, and getting sponsorships and yeah, all, all that good stuff. It's uh we're a slave to our phone, right? Yeah. Um, especially like uh, people that podcast and do all that other stuff. I mean, we're always on social media, reaching out to people, talking, scheduling. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a full time job. Kevin says, "Have you ever gone head to head on track against Jeremy yet?" Uh, only the time I crashed in front of him when I showed him how fast I was. But I'm afraid to go head to head against Jeremy because I it's weird when you're in the same class or you're racing directly against each other uh because i'm like okay i don't want to hurt him but i want to pass him and you're like conflicted and then it just gets me out of like my flow state uh so i just he can be on the same track as me but we better not be in the same class racing which is going to be interesting because if he races middleweight on his kz and then i race heavyweight on my future kz um, he might do the bump up and I'll be like, well, at least mine's got more power. I have no excuse. I better just leave your ass in the dust, but he's really good at starts and I'm not. Uh, that's all right. That's all right. It, you'll, you'll get there for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, I mean, your favorite wine. Cause I like wine too, right? I'm not a white wine. Uh, I do like it, but it's gotta be this, uh, the right one. Right. If you know what I mean? I, I like red yeah. wine. It's actually my favorite. Um, I'm a little snooty faluti at this point, and I love me a bottle of Camus, uh, decanted for two hours. So Listen, I love it. Yeah. Um, and but I know a lot of like big wine people because I mean, this Camus is not cheap, so it's like I every once in a while you get it as a treat. Yeah. Um, but people are like, oh, it's too sugary. It's that's why you like it. Um, but pff, you like what you like. If it like I like some wine at Aldi that's uh, it's just like 10 bucks and it right. tastes it's delicious. Good. Yeah. But yeah. I know what Aldi's doing. They're use like some people will debut their wines at Trader Joe's or Aldi and it'll be like rated really highly but they're testing it out in the market and then all of a sudden it goes away and you don't know where it went and now you know what it's some new big label that's selling for like 60 bucks a bottle right 
Yeah, it's an entire gimmick, but it is. It, 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 it listen, it, it really is. Uh, there's a lot of things in this world we could say it's a freaking gimmick, right? Yeah. I mean, let's just be honest. It's uh, listen, we've been at this for an hour and 30 minutes, and it only seems like we've been going at it for 20 minutes. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. Well, I, I'm actually gonna we'll cut this in, but we will definitely do a part two and a part three and, and, and all that good stuff. So yeah, listen, thank you to everybody that, that watched and, and commented and all that. Uh, but before we get out of here, Chloe, do you have anything to say? How can they follow you and uh, all that good stuff? I mean, the best way you could follow me is on Instagram. Uh, it's Chloe rides underscore seven zero eight. Um, that's where I share most of my, my motorcycle adventures and uh, I mean, what do I want to say to the people? Thanks for watching. And I appreciate you. And thanks to everybody in my motorcycle community that's supported me and, and networked with me. And it's, that's what it's about. It's about family and uh, yeah, <laughs> being tough out there on the track is good. <laughs> that's, that's right. You know what? We, Be a little so biking out there. Be your in Unleash your inner warrior because when you play in Twins Cup, there are a bunch of axe murderers. <laughs> Until Valhalla, right? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I love it. Yeah, it's good stuff. You know, a, a, a lot of my uh, friends um, out there in the UK have a, a program that they do where they'll do like a uh, my man Jake Marsh right here, Club 45, right? So he'll be like, you know, for 45 pounds, you get like a, a shirt or a signed hat and then your name on his race bike ride or whatever, right? It's a good way to... I think it, it, it's a good way for people to help fund, you know, tire weekend. Man, let's just be honest. You know, if you're super fast, you're probably your tire bill is probably fifteen hundred dollars at least a weekend, right? <laughs> if it, <laughs> I'm not that bad, yes, but uh, well, Moto America's different. Um, <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't seen my tire bill ever. No, oh, fuck. I didn't have to worry about it this year. <laughs> Girl, that, yes, Diane, girl, is a badass. You Thanks, right. Diane. You, you are right. too. Yes, yes, she <laughs> is. Diane's a warrior, absolute yeah. warrior. Um, but yeah, uh, absolutely. This will be out on Spotify. We're, we're on everywhere but Apple. Like, I just need somebody to help me, um, figure out. Like, like they want my my logo in with my RSS feed, and every time I like Google it or YouTube it, it's like I go down this matrix. It's like take the blue pill, or the red pill. So one trip I take the blue pill and I don't find shit, right? It's so confusing. <laughs> and then the other trip, I'm like, you know what? Today I'm gonna take the red pill and see what that does. Same thing. It's like I go, it's it's yeah, but it's everywhere. I, I'm on like boom play. I never even heard of boom play, and <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, all that good stuff. But yeah, listen, Chloe, what an honor. I had such a great time. I can't wait to do this yeah, again. Thank you. And yeah, it, it's awesome. Can't wait to see what 2024 has in store for you. And of course, you know, thank wheelies. Uh, thanks. Big, big dank wheelies. Right. You already know I'm, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. <laughs> got my stickers. I can't wait to, uh, I, I haven't decided where I'm going to put it yet. Cause you got um, two more coming tomorrow. Okay, so thank you, you can, yes, you don't get the sticker fatigue. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's awesome. And then, um, Kevin says best of luck in 2024. Enjoy watching your progression. Thanks, oh, Kevin. Man. Appreciate you and your yes. photography skills. <laughs> Absolutely. Dude, those photographers, they're awesome people, ain't they? Yeah. Like what they do. I see them with them cameras and they're not. So real quick story for you in this. I went to, I do, we could talk all day. Oh, I, yeah. I love it. So we went. It's I, good I, Midwestern goodbye. Like right, It is. It is. <laughs> right. They're like, they went on for another 15 minutes. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, 
BSB. I'm out there, and this dude lays this camera, well, this lens down. I thought it was a camera. It's a fucking cannon, right? And he's like, hey, mate, will you go there and go hammer that? I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. I went down to pick it up. I was like, holy shit. This thing is proper heavy. Like, it's no bullshit. So those guys, I highly admire you, Kevin, and what you do. I know it's not easy, and it's uh, what you guys do is awesome. For sure. It's 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 good stuff. But anyway, listen, thank you to everybody for tuning in on this Thursday. What an honor it is to have everybody here, especially Chloe Madrill. Yes, I was so excited. It's good stuff. No problem. I can't wait until uh we, we get to do it again. Hopefully, uh I we'll be able to meet sometime soon in, in the near future. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. So, but anyway, thank you guys so much. This will be out uh um spotify and all that good stuff I already said that uh actually chloe we also went live on uh linkedin so we go live on linkedin now too as well Ooh. so people can go to linkedin and watch this too right which nice. is which is cool it was i was doing it too on um instagram i did one with me and juju did it was my first test run with it but when i go back i can't find it nowhere i can't it's nowhere so i was like you know what scrap it i'll just do the little short story stuff but anyway paul worley thank you great show appreciate you oh, that's my uncle. <laughs> oh hi uncle I, I appreciate you man yeah absolutely i, I hope you had a, a good time I, I say proper mega well mega it, that's one of my favorite words to say but chloe again what an honor thank you guys for joining pin the gas podcast until next time as my man Jules always calls me Chris, the whole effing show, Simcoe. <laughs> Chloe Madrill, thank you so much. It's an honor. Until next time, I will see you guys. Give me one minute, Chloe. Hang on. Yeah.